0: Hello and welcome to the last Politically Speaking podcast before the elections. It's, it's... the last one. Just, well, just for the elections. Well, last one just for the elections. We'll then be back we next week. will truly
1: be beyond November.
0: <laughs> and I am your host, as always, Chris McDaniel, a political reporter for St. Louis Public Radio. I am Jason Rosenbaum, a political reporter
2: for the St. Louis Beacon. And
1: Joe Manis, political reporter for the St. Louis Beacon.
0: Guys, we're almost there.
2: Just... Thanks. To, to, to quote the immortal Fred Durst thank god it 's over
0: <laughs> but it 's not over yet no it 's not <laughs> well the final the final sprint to the finish for both the politicians and the journalists. Um, I know Senator Claire McCaskill and Congressman Todd Aiken have are both hitting the campaign trail. Um, in fact, Senator McCaskill uh, had her first public appearance since the passing of her mother yesterday. Um, she appeared. At Bayless School District, yeah, right? Outside ba- yeah, outside it was, of it, it was on the
1: public property outside Bayless. I talked to the Bayless communications director after that because they, they wanted to make sure they stayed on public property. And the reason right. it was picked there, even though most of the retired teachers who were speaking there, uh, the campaign said that it was there mainly just because it would be easier for reporters and people to – be there. They figured people didn't want to be traveling down into Jefferson County. Although The Beacon, we had, a, I had an in-depth story earlier this week on the importance of Jefferson County, the swing county in the St. Louis area.
0: Right. And and so she was at out outside of Bayless Elementary and she was talking about the federal school lunch program. Yeah. She was attacking Congressman Aiken um, for being against it. Congressman Aiken has said that Uh, He wants to transfer that over to the states. He has a go-to line of, you know, I'm sure school lunches don't taste that great, but I'm sure that they taste the same whether it's paid for by the federal or state government.
1: Well, and, and her point was that, A, the states don't have the money for that, and, B, the school lunch program is tied into the federal purchase of agriculture commodities, extra commodities, and that this was started during the Truman years, And so basically the federal government would be buying um, extra stuff that farmers had to sell in order to keep the price stable. And so what they were doing was then shifting it to schools to use uh, like talking cheese, peanut butter, Mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, And she had several retired teachers from Fox School District speaking. But really the event, while, while technically about the school lunch program, was really a jumping off point for her to... Uh, reaffirm her general line that Todd Aiken is too extreme. And of course, you know, she brought up his uh, calls to privatize Social Security, Medicare, his opposition to the federal involvement in student loans, the stuff that she's been saying right. on the stump for a while. And uh, she also talked a little bit about it being a little tough since her mother had just died on Monday, and since her mother had been an integral part of. McCaskill's campaigns the last few years and her mother also lived with McCaskill and her husband so she um, uh, was involved and so that was it, it was an interesting mesh of the classic political attack stuff but then a little bit of the personal now meanwhile Todd Akin was across the state in Kansas City with our old friend, Newt Gingrich.
2: Zany. <laughs> yeah, <you're very> zany. <laughs> Who had
1: been here, uh, you know, what, about a month or two, a month, six weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh, Gingrich, Feels like years ago. Yeah. And Gingrich's uh, theme in Kansas City was similar to what he had said here. Uh, yeah. Basically, he was saying that if people elect Todd Akin... This will be a thumb in the eye of the Republican establishment in Washington, and I'll let them know that they can't be um, trying to manipulate who their grassroots supporters want as their nominees for various office. So I thought it was rather interesting. I mean, Aiken did. I mean, uh, Aiken and Gingrich did do a little bit of the classic McCaskill's too close to Obama, she's too liberal, those things. But the basic. uh, point of attack with Gingrich was that if you're upset with the Republican Party, you elect this guy because this will be a thumb in the eye of the leadership so of the Republican Party. a thumb
2: in the eye to the establishment is sending a U.S. congressman to the Senate? Yeah.
1: <laughs> just, well,
2: I'm, I'm, that, I'm, I'm, su- I'm just going to leave it there. Well, the, But I understand what you're saying. Well, <laughs> well,
1: and of course, the big news, this also fits in a bit with uh, there are now a few leaders, various ways, who are pouring some money into Missouri in this last week. Yes. uh, Which indicates to me that while I do have some issues with the latest uh, media poll uh, by the Post-Dispatch and Kansas City Star, I'm not sure if it was totally accurate. I'm concerned about some of the demographics. The bottom line is neither side is putting out their internals, and um, both sides are kind of getting some outside help which tells you
2: that it's close. Didn't McCaskill put out her internals like after the post-dispatch poll came out? Right. So, Well, let's let's talk a little bit about
0: the post-dispatch. How close was it in there? I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was within a few points. points. It was within two points.
1: Actually, when I was looking at the breakdown, uh, one of the things that I was wondering about was, okay, here's the demographics as far as party ID. Um, It was like 35% uh, Republican, 34% independent, 31% Democratic. Generally, a poll in Missouri is a little more even between those three. So I thought it potentially may have underreported the Democrats by uh, a point or two. Now, when they do those breakdowns, it's because when they're calling people, um, they're saying, well, that's the type of response they're getting, that they're not seeing as much enthusiasm among potential Mm -hmm. Democrats. So that arguably could be right. But it did just raise some questions in my mind, in part because there have been several other independent polls within days that showed it slightly different. And this poll had Romney up by 13, and some of the others I'd seen had had Romney up anywhere from between 8 and 10. Because, again, because maybe their demographics were a bit off. Well, in who they you
2: put. alluded to you know, the fact that some outside money is coming in, especially right. this Now or Never PAC Yes. Dad. Yeah.
1: Y- you want to talk about Now or Never?
2: Yeah. Now or Never was originally conceived to provide some outside help to Sarah Steelman, who was lagging in fundraising. And they used this super PAC to kind of make and up- And primer. Yeah. It was yeah. established last winter. And then it's gone around the country since then and has dumped money for ads in, in some- you know, high-profile races, like I think Montana is one of them, but also races that are kind of on the margins of competitiveness, like the 8th District in Illinois with Tammy Duckworth and Joe Walsh, which is kind of off the radar in some sense. But they put money into that, and it kind of changed the dynamics of that race and probably sucked up money from Democrats that could have gone elsewhere in Illinois.
1: Well, because now or never is Republican, so it yes. was going – it was helping with well, – yeah. so,
2: so now they have this ad out that's basically – the message is this, look – Todd Aiken might have said some dumb things or something like that, but right. if you don't vote for him, you're going to have Claire McCaskill, who is not going to be you know a team player if Romney becomes president and right. I think that in the minds of a lot of Republicans who are kind of upset with Aiken, everybody who supports Steelman or Bruner, just a Republican who's not that politically involved, they have to have this running dialogue in their head about you know. Are you going to vote for Aiken who's run a campaign just full of missteps and misstatements? Um, you know, with those concerns in mind, are you still going to do that? Or are you going to vote for someone like Jonathan Dine? Are you going to leave it blank? Or, you know, that stuff has to be going through the minds of Republicans right now. And I think that ad is kind of towards conjoling them to make that decision and just, just go toward Aitken. I think the, the chief
1: target is moderate Republican women, because... Uh, you know, everything I've heard is that those are the group that either are voting for McCaskill or who will not vote for Aiken, And this ad, I said it at the beginning, has this glowing uh, couple seconds visual of Romney. And then it says, you know, you basically it's saying, if you like Mitt Romney, you want to help him out. And the way to help him out is to give him a Republican Senate. And regardless of what Ted Aiken has said, the fact is, if he's elected, he'll side with Romney on his policies. Now, just as an aside here, Todd Aiken, one of the attractions for his base is that Todd Aiken has always been extremely independent, as well as extremely- He didn't even
2: endorse McCain after he won, if I recall. Right.
1: And like when Bush got elected, uh, in fact, one of Aiken's talking points is that he was opposed to No Child Left Behind from the beginning. Mm. Uh, he opposed uh, expanding, I mean, for the, the Medicare drug benefit. Mm. So- in some ways, I thought that was a little humorous because I thought Aiken, one of Aiken's appeals, is that he's right. such a an anti-establishment guy, and I thought to run this ad saying, "Well, he'll be with Romney." Mm-hmm. I don't know but if I, that was. To I do gotta wonder
2: though if Romney really does win Missouri by a sizable margin. How many of those people are going to vote for Romney and then McCaskill? I just don't think it's going to be a significant amount. Correct. I think the more likely outcome, if people still don't want to vote for Aiken, is they'll either vote for dying as a protest vote or they just won't vote at all Correct. in that race, which is essentially a vote for McCaskill.
1: Correct, especially since we don't have straight ticket voting because we got rid of it in 2006 with the behest of Republicans. So people have to go down through each race.
0: Yeah, and and uh, Congressman Aiken was actually um, holding an event on Monday where he was talking where he was attacking McCaskill for her stance on the EPA. Yes. Um specifically pointing to two bills that would have limited the power of the EPA. Um, now, I think what was most interesting out of that event was he he was bashing the EPA, which is a, a pretty typical uh, Republican talking point, especially in Missouri. And but, he was
1: accompanied by uh, Senator Jim Inhofe from Oklahoma. Right. Go ahead.
0: and. and Although he was bashing the EPA, he stopped just short of saying that he thought it should be completely done away with. He was Yo. saying that it, it should be restructured, was what he said, and yeah, whether that I was, was pressing him on that. Yeah, and and whether that is um, completely done away with or com- starting anew, it's a technicality. But I, I is think what it he has said.
2: to be said here, and I think that a lot of ads are saying that Todd Aiken will have these magical powers to you know make the his agenda happen. I, just because he gets elected to the Senate doesn't mean he can actually implement his his ideas or ideology. In fact, I would guess if the Senate is 51 to 49 either way, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of things done in that body regardless of whether Todd Akin or Claire McCaskill win. But of course I will not. say – Of course it's demonstrative on, of yes. Yeah. use. Yeah, and I think on the other hand though – if you have somebody who's spouting off and is kind of on the fringes of a policy debate there then you've got to wonder how effective they're going to be not saying that Todd Akin is on the fringe of everything but on right. some of his views they just might not be in line with anybody's and he might just be kind of a a voice in the wilderness sort of like how Rand Paul is at times with his with his you know <laughs> Place in the Senate so well,
1: well I, likes him so you know he'll have at least one or two allies if yeah. he's
0: in the Senate well back to the McCaskill event that took place yesterday um, in fact at that event Joe Mannys was asking Senator McCaskill if she's worried about low voter turnout uh, especially since you did a story about how uh, absentee voting is down by about half am I correct
1: well this was just in st. Louis and st. Louis County Um the uh, I checked with the election authorities, and in the city of St. Louis, and this is as of earlier this week, uh, absentee balloting was running less than half of what it was at the same point four years ago in 2008 when you had a number of uh, urban voters, especially African-Americans in St. Louis, who were very energized by President the, the uh, idea of a President Barack Obama. In St. Louis County, it's, it looked like it was running maybe 30%. Uh, below. So in the county, it may get a little closer to its overall figure in 2008, where about 72,000 absentee ballots votes were cast in St. Louis County in 2008. It looks like they might hit the high 50s, maybe 60. But that's still down. And while people point to the fact that Missouri doesn't have early voting and that you're supposed to have a reason to vote absentee, and that's true. But the fact is the numbers do indicate that enthusiasm is
2: down because of the same system in 2008. As Correct. it is Now. Correct.
1: So it, the, the numbers don't lie. Now, I'm not saying that those are necessarily Democrats, especially in St. Louis County. You can't say for sure. But in the city, which is like 90 percent Democrat, right. I think there's no question that that does signal uh Lower enthusiasm. Now, there has been a lot of rumblings within Democratic ranks because my story also included some comments from Congressman Lacey Clay, who I talked to about 10 days ago, who said that he blamed some of it on the fact that, A, there was no presidential campaign in the state to energize urban voters, and B, he contended that there wasn't enough coordination with the state Democratic Party and some of the local um Democratic groups. Now that's caused a behind the scenes firestorm, uh, some contentions about who's being active, who's not. I'm not going to put out any unfounded rumors, but there's tons of that out there. But the bottom line is that Clay, who had been campaigning in some other states for the Congress, for Obama, is supposed to now be back in Missouri as we speak. And supposedly he's going to be among those the last few days, um, helping out various other Democratic candidates on the ballot. For Democrats, it's very important that they get a solid turnout from African-Americans in St. Louis and Kansas City. It's not just the percentage. I mean, this reminds me of 2004. John Kerry got the classic 80%, 85% percentage in the city of St. Louis, but the numbers were down Mm -hmm. because not so many people came out. Kerry ended up losing the state by close to 250,000 votes. Um, So it's not just the percentage. It's also the numbers. They need those people to turn out and vote. So that's one thing that people will be watching. Uh, Both parties, by the way, are doing these big uh, rally-type things. The Republicans are starting a bus tour even as we speak, and that should be in St. Louis later Friday. And the Democrats are having some events and theirs is supposed to be Saturday.
2: Yeah. And you gotta wonder what, for example, the presidential race coattails. And we'll be we we talk about it with McCaskill and Aiken a lot because I think it's the natural thing below the president's race. But you talk about these statewide races where you have the governor, the Lieutenant Governor, Secretary of State, et cetera. You know, there could be some candidates who have just built up enough financial resources to where they're kind of able to withstand kind of a lower turnout, maybe like Nixon or Coster or something like that. But for someone like Susan Monte, who's challenging an incumbent- or For jo- lieutenant governor. Yeah, for lieutenant governor. Or, or Jason Cander trying to win an open seat against Shane Schiller for secretary of state. Um, I don't know. If the, if the margins are that high for Romney- and you're you're talking about people going down the ballot. We've talked before, not everybody goes down the ballot that right, far. Right, so there's a drop-off. So there's that. And the one race I really think people need to pay attention to is that treasurer's race. Because by all logic, Zweifel should have the advantage just because he has – a 10-to-1 advantage overall in money. Yeah, he's the Democratic incumbent. Versus Cole McNary. But in the last couple of days, I've noticed that Cole McNary has gotten some sizable donations, both from like the Humphreys family of of Joplin. I think he got a 50,001. He's on TV now. And Mm -hmm. I think that his father's name recognition from being Gene McNary, the former St. Louis County executive, he's run statewide three times. I think he might cut... McNary might cut into his wife's margin in St. Louis County more than Brad Lager did in two thousand eight. And I'm not saying that's going to cause him to win or lose, but that race could be, you know, close closer than expected for an incumbent running for reelection. Because a lot of times for those down ballot races, you know, they run the the, the people who run for reelection usually win by a large percentage. But I don't I think that time in Missouri may has may have passed where someone can run for reelection and it's going to just be close now or something well, like that. Well
1: y- and and you can't discount the familiarity of a name when people are going in and they're looking at these down ballots and they don't really know that much about them. Maybe they saw a couple of the ads. Maybe they didn't. This reminds me of 2000 when Steve Gaw, who was a Democrat, then Speaker of the House, was running for Secretary of State against Matt Blunt, who was just a state rep. Mm. But Matt Blunt was the son of Roy Blunt, who had served two terms as Secretary of State. And at at that time, uh, Roy Blunt was member of Congress. But it wasn't like he was well-known everywhere because Roy hadn't been on a statewide ballot in a while. But still, that Blunt name, Matt Blunt was the one Republican who won, aside from George W. Bush at the top. Mm -hmm. Those were the only two Republican victors. And Matt Blunt even carried St. Louis County. And, um, the general consensus afterwards was because there was just enough of that name recognition. And
2: also, I just don't think people people like us know who Steve Gaw is, but I'm not sure if he, people can name the Speaker of the House for the Missouri House. I mean, I think exactly. it's its not as much name recognition as you think. Um, and I, I don't know if that can same to be said for state treasurer, but it is kind of a lower key pro, uh, statewide office than, say, attorney general or governor. Yes. So maybe that incumbency really doesn't hold as much as as those offices. But I will just say from from all metrics, when you look at money, when you look at just, you know, Zweifel hasn't been in a big scandal or anything that would just cause him automatically And he has strong
1: labor ties, and labor yeah. is supposed to be trying to do a lot this election cycle to help certain yeah. Democrats on the ballot.
2: But I just wanted to point that out there. If people look at the results and see that race closer than, say... Other statewide races, there should that would probably be one of the, the, the hypotheses people can point out. So
1: yes, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting because as you've mentioned before, um, if Romney has a high percentage in the state, right, that potentially could have an impact. Now again, it depends if people either leave the Aiken McCaskill thing uh, empty or they vote for McCaskill, then they go to Nixon, and Nixon is expected. Jay Nixon, who's Democrat, running for re-election for governor, if he gets, as expected, some Republicans to vote for him instead of Dave Spence, who's a St. Louis uh, businessman, who's the Republican, um, that could also have an effect down the ballot, yeah. potentially.
2: Although Spence is... He's, he's putting some serious money into his last push. Yeah, put and, and, in an extra million. And
0: some of the polls look like he's surging when he needs to be in well, order to make it Well, I don't know.
2: <laughs> but I will just say this, and I don't want to make any grand predictions or anything because I don't want to look like an idiot next week when I come on this show. But I will just say that if Romney gets the 54 percent or more that was in that post-dispatch poll, I would I would say Democrats need to be concerned across the board their other candidates. I'm not saying they're going to lose. I'm not saying a specific candidate is going to win, but I would say that is a pretty sizable and not unprecedented margin as Joe is going to point out in just a second. <laughs> yes. But that's a that's a percentage that hasn't been seen since Ronald Reagan in 1984 when he won the state with 60% of the vote. Correct. And um I I don't know how not only talking about statewide, we're talking about State Senate races, I, I don't uh, – if that happens, I don't see Joe Fallard or Terry Swinger or even Mary Still winning under those circumstances. I don't see them winning – Those are state – yeah, state Senate I candidates. don't see – You know, I see some incumbent state Democrats in the rural areas losing under those circumstances. And even if Nixon wins, he's going to have the same thing he had the last two years with just huge Republican majorities in the legislature. You've got to wonder what he will get done in those two years besides just – following the leave of the legislature and vetoing stuff. But on
1: the other hand, I think uh, – uh, I mean, now, now, Spence, his problem – I mean, we're just talking tactically here, regardless of the issues. He's from the St. Louis area, and um, candidates from the St. Louis area are always looked on as suspicion out of state, especially Republicans. I personally think that uh, that's one of the things that probably hurt John Bruner in the primary. Mm-hmm. Now, it didn't hurt Aiken because he has this uh, evangelical support from homeschoolers and that sort of thing. But I think um, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think this is one of the reasons that Spence is spending a lot of time out state and in this Republican stronghold so that they can see him and uh, see that he's not you know, the typical, I'm, I'm being facetious here, the typical Republican politician. At the same time, labor does not want him. And they're really – because he's saying he's for right to work.
2: work. And I will just say conversely, if that margin that Romney gets is lower than what was polled in that poll, let's say it's 50 or 51 percent or even like, I don't know, 49, 47 or something, (laughs) still still okay compared to the last one because I guess McCain only won by a couple thousand votes. Yes. Then I think you might see the results a little bit – Less extreme across the board. So you may see Democrats winning some things. You might see Republicans winning some offices. There won't be like I think under those circumstances, it's a little bit less less herky jerky. So but to speak.
1: let's let's revisit nineteen eighty four yeah. when <laughs> when when Reagan got sixty percent of the vote. In fact, McCaskill brought this up at the event yesterday. In nineteen eighty four, the same year that Ronald Reagan got sixty percent of the vote, John Ashcroft, who's Republican, running for governor, won. But who was elected lieutenant governor? And John Ashcroft was extremely conservative and was running that year as a staunch conservative.
2: Not not, not Margaret Kelly. um, Harriet Harriet Woods, Woods.
1: who was an unabashed progressive and state senator from University City. And as McCaskill points out, she said both of them won that same year that uh, Reagan had this big landslide. And that's when we had straight ticket voting. Right. Harriet still won. Now, a little trivia contest here. (laughs) Reagan, although he got 60% of the vote, I kind of took a jump off from Jason bringing this up last week. I did a little research. Who? I mean, Reagan's um, percentage, 60%, was actually the sixth largest percentage in Missouri history by a presidential candidate, Victor. Now, just a little... Can you imagine it all? who was number one in what year?
2: Oh, I know the answer to this <laughs> it's It's my great friend william howard Taft
1: <laughs> actually it's <laughs> actually it's Andrew Jackson who in eighteen thirty two and this was in the height of you know Andrew Jackson was the ultimate anti establishment candidate, he got seventy point six percent of the vote in eighteen thirty two in Missouri
2: mm. Must have been that giant wheel of cheese that he had at his inauguration. Now, coming
1: in second, (laughs) coming in second, the second highest percentage was Abraham Lincoln in in 1864. He got 69.7% of Missouri's vote.
2: Stovepipe hat was definitely a deal.
1: But only four years earlier, in 1860, his first bid... Abraham Lincoln was creamed by every other presidential candidate running in Missouri and got less than 11 percent of the vote. It was like 10-point something.
2: I forgot who won the state that year. I don't know if it was Bell or Breckinridge, but they voted for somebody with a B. That's right, for sure. right.
1: And that, now the third was actually my lifetime, not in yours, was <laughs> – Was Lyndon Johnson, who got 64% in 1964.
2: Must have been the profanity. (laughs) Now, this was just a
1: few months after the uh, assassination of JFK. And so there was a lot of wave going on. And Johnson was promising to continue the JFK legacy. The fourth, we have to skip back, um, is actually FDR. The first time he ran for president, he got 63.7% of the vote in 1932 against Hoover Herbert Hoover, who got lost. And then the fifth was um, Nixon.
2: Against McGovern. Richard
1: M. Nixon, not the—yeah, against McGovern in 1972. Uh, Richard M. Nixon got 62% of the vote. Then, coming in sixth, was Reagan in 1984. Right. A little bit of trivia here. Yes.
2: In some historical now, I, context i just Now, I, I will just flat out just say I don't think Romney has any chance of—, of getting to Andrew Jackson type numbers <laughs> or even even Reagan numbers if 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 Missouri goes 60 percent for Romney I would just be flabbergasted i fact, I would I probably would eat my own shoe or now something be like that all right you be you careful. heard it here first no, be careful uh, I said probably <laughs> I didn't say I would yes but I'm, I'm just always worried about yeah, predictions <laughs> but uh but still, that's some good context to have about how the state can either be extremely close, like in 2008, or it can be kind of in the middle, like 2004, 2000. Right. Or it could just be blowouts, like 1832.
1: Yeah. And actually, it was interesting when uh, Clinton carried the state in both times in, I don't th- in 1992. I don't think he broke 50 percent. He, did he. Didn't, he didn't break 50 percent. He didn't. Actually, in Missouri, he didn't come close, but he it was in the high forties, very similar to what he got uh nationwide, but um he did not break fifty
0: promania well, we will be back next Wednesday, most likely, possibly Thursday to give our election post wrap up if you will, but most importantly, next Tuesday, make sure you go out and vote, and even more importantly. Make sure you go to beyondnovember.org and look through the voter's guide there. You can put in your address, and it gives you a sample ballot where all of the candidates stand, and it has links to all of our stories.
1: Yes, beyondnovember.org. And just think, next week you will know whether or not Jason has to eat some of his shoes.
0: <laughs> we should probably be clear that Joe and I are making no predictions. We will have no shoes to be <laughs> to eat No, i'm pretty safe that my shoe is not going to be eaten
2: on that on that one but you know what exuding Th- confidence this is why you don't make predictions this is why you just make general thoughts of possibilities based off things that's that was a great sentence by the way yes, <laughs> yes.
0: well you'll have to tune in next week to see if jason to, to listen to the audio of jason Eden, <laughs> don't you, possibly but until then, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at, at CS McDaniel. Jason is. At j Rosenbaum.
1: At my, I'm at j Manis.
0: Until next week, make sure you go out and vote. So long.
1: So long. Democracy lives.
0: Vote, fool.